Bingo. All right, so we're back, Cutler Cast, and it's episode 60. I just said to Matt, we need Milos here to do the countdown. He came <laughs> He said like 84 or some shit. He's always got it wrong. What did he say? Episode 80 or? I don't know. He just made some, some, some crazy. Today we're sponsored by Chipotle. No, no. We're sponsored by <laughs> Celsius, dude. And we're sponsored by the sparkling grape rush. Chris Cormier's favorite drink. He drank like two or three of them. How many of those do you drink a day? For Only real? one. You're full of shit. No, only one. Because I don't have any at my house. I don't keep any Celsius at home. It's addicting I, though, you know, because it's, it's like you're sick. Because you sip on like because if you have ice. a case, you'll just keep drinking them all day. Oh, no, but no, the caffeine's too much. I drank one actually on the drive home last night. So I came back from California last night at like let's see, I left about ten o'clock. Man, it was awesome. What you know? What I I remember you you were planning on staying till Wednesday, and then you just text me, "We're out of this." No, dump. no, we had to come back because Angie had to go to the dentist this morning, and I said to her, "I'm like so mad because we had." We had the Amex checkout. It was like 4 p.m. today, you know, so we could have stayed or whatever. But, you know, she had made that appointment. She really kind of needed to get that done. Plus, we just I had a lot of stuff to do. So next time I'll plan a little lengthier trip. But it was just so much easier driving at night. But I drank one of these on the drive home, and I got home at like 2, 2.30. Did you go to sleep right away? Or no, because I unloaded the truck and did all that stuff. But we just got back from L.A. So, um, LA yeah, we expo. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, you know, we had uh, we had Milos on here the last time, and we were kind of going back and forth. And the funny thing is, is we kind of knew what was going on, but we yeah. <laughs> we couldn't air it. Of so course. as soon as we launched the last episode, which was 59, mm -hmm. the announcement was made that Nick Walker would join. Mm -hmm. They bumped up the prize money. A $100,000 increase for the, only for the men's open. Okay. Now, this is pissing some people off. What do you think? I mean, I understand because one division went up. And the one division that went up is the division it's where the, the guys it's weren't the doing it. It's, yeah. still, it's still the most important division. Yeah. And, I, and I had a conversation with someone like that was upset about it. Mm -hmm. And I understand both sides of the equation. One side of it is why are you awarding these guys hundred grand if nobody wanted to do it? Why should they get more money? The other side of it is... Like someone like a bikini division, their money stayed the same. You know, it's ten grand for the bikini. It's ten grand for the men's physique. Okay. Now, as a promoter, I understand like there's only so much in the pot, right? Yes. That you can put for prize money. Unfortunately, like you know, here we are. You know, classic physique, and I, I don't know if it's discretion of the promoter or, or what it is, but. Classic physique pays more than the Mr. Olympia, right? So yes. it's ten grand was it sixty grand or sixty thousand for the Arnold? I think it's fifty at the Olympia. Okay. And uh is that my phone or your phone? That's your phone. I had it off. That's mm, weird. It's not mine. Oh, it must be might might be someone else's computer over there. Yeah. Um so uh you know, to have, you know, the women's bikini, I think, was 50000 at the Olympia and to have it be 10000 at the Arnold, it just, it stings a little bit for those competitors a little, you know. But I know, you know, there was some, were some divisions. I remember when the 212 was canceled for the Arnold, like, there was some, you know, uproar about that. But, you know, it came down to, especially coming through the pandemic and everything else, like, we're still kind of rebounding from that. Um, but what's your thoughts on the prize money on those low on those lower tier divisions? Like you know, for team being ten grand, I mean, it's I, equal to everything else. I mean, it is the Arnold Classic. I mean, it is the second biggest uh, competition, probably 
uh, prestige title? I would say one, it's up to the promoter. Mm -hmm. They can do what they want. It's their, it's their choice. And if athletes want to do it, they do it. If they don't, they don't, Uh, you know, I think I was more bothered that there was a $200,000 purse and guys didn't want to do it. And I know how much a lot of the guys make. And that's a lot more than a lot of these guys are making all year. A lot of the guys. For them to bump it 300 to attract them, and this might sound weird, but it's kind of like a, like a spoiled attitude. Like, well, that's not enough, so give us this much more and then we'll come do it. And it's like, there's no other show that's paying even over 50 grand. And 200,000 is, is a huge number, but now it's 300. But let me ask you this. Was that the reason that they bumped it just to tr- attract more competitors? I don't know. there was only six? I don't know if that's the exact reason. I know they had been talking about bumping uh, yeah, it for that's years. What, that's what I'm saying. I'm not sure yeah. if the lack of interest in the contest. Remember now, okay, which a lot of these people don't know, to... This is an invitational. It's the only invitational contest, correct? Yes. That that invitation application came out when? Before the Olympia, correct? Yes. I think this year is a little different because the Olympia was so far down. If I remember right, usually like mid-December, they announced the Arnold list. And everybody... In, it was a month or two be, beyond was, the Olympia, okay. but this time the Olympia was after that deadline. So I think if there would have been a month after, some guys might be like, I'm not doing it. Well, three, four weeks later, they might be like, well, yeah, I want to do it. Let me change my mind. That happens a lot where people change their mind. Yeah. So I think that had something to do with it being so close that somebody did or didn't commit or maybe they wanted to commit later. I don't know if that's the exact reason why. But I do know that they want to raise the prize money on all the divisions, you know, and I don't know if that's going to happen next year or the year after or whatever else. But I, uh, I think that's a pretty big difference between uh, a bikini and men's open. I do understand the opposite side just because I've been around you, and I know how much it costs for some guy to get ready for an open show. There's, ve- there's only a couple shows in the world that if you win – you actually make money. You know, I, I get a little I get a little frustrated with how much it costs to get ready for a show because let's let's be real. We got into this bodybuilding thing. It's not a cheap sport, right? No, no. matter what, what way you look at it. And people can look at, well, it's not cheap to compete. It's not cheap to have a coach. It's not, you know, I came from an era where I wasn't paying for a coach. Okay, I couldn't afford a coach. Chris Aceto worked with me for free, uh-huh. fortunately, which I didn't even use the term coach. He yeah. was kind of an eye for me. Um, he was a friend. He became family to me pretty much. But, um, you know, I feel like I've worked with the two best in the business between yeah. Hani and, and Chris Aceto. But, uh, you know, looking back, you know, I know people's whole focus is on, well, it costs more for drugs for the men's open, right? That's what they, they their perception is. But of it's course. so far from what it is. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's always... Of course. That, that in your corner, but at the same time, the food amount, the the protein, you know, to to maintain the size, you know, I I was looking at you know tissue work, I was looking at you know the trap like things that you did you did like it's just it, it's very expensive to. I remember, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. I remember a number that you said in the past. You told me how much did it cost for you to maintain your body at that size 
year in and year out. Do you remember? I mean, it was the Olymp- my, my Olympia money went, went to that. Well Six over figures. Grand, yeah. So some of the people out there that are upset, maybe saying, well, they're getting more, they don't realize that an elite top guy, especially at the size you were, it's damn near six figures to maintain that. Physique. And, and you know, my, my little outrageous, you know, things with the massage and tissue work, stretching and all that. I mean, I was spending what over a thousand bucks a week just on that work. So that was four grand a month just alone. But that's also why you're healthy today. <clears throat> I mean, not I attribute a lot of reasons, but I think, you know, I was saying to someone this morning, like, you know, I, I just feel great getting out of bed. Like I don't ache in pain and, you know, I look forward to training and, I didn't sleep much last night, you know, unfortunately. But, you know, I, I, I understand, though, I, I want to get back to, you know, we had a lot of people jump in, and we'll get to that in a second. But mm-hmm. one person that didn't jump in was Derek Lunsford, okay? And okay. people question this, okay? And, and okay. listen, if, if, if I could reverse back, if Jay Cutler was here and in this position, I would have ran – so quick to get ready for that show because I wasn't taxed to train for Olympias, if that makes sense. I wasn't finishing the show like, oh my gosh, I need a break. I was back in the gym the next day I was training just like I saw Nick Walker. So when I saw Nick and I'm like, dude, you need to do this. Like, and he hadn't made the decision yet. And I know he was kind of like, he led, he told me, yeah, I, I think I'm going to going to do it. But like he, he, it wouldn't really change his routine because he's so strict with the diet and he felt good. I mean, he felt confident. He had a great showing. I mean, he's. We both agree he's probably going to be improved in yeah. a few weeks. He's uh, the front runner for sure. Yeah, and and uh, but I understand Derek too because he's knocking at the door, man. And if he wants to put all his eggs into Olympia, hey, man, it's it's his choice. You know, he just collected one hundred and fifty thousand. I mean, he's not a money guy necessarily. He has he's new. It's like new to him. Um, so I think don't think that he. I mean, even last year winning the 212, what's he win, 50 grand or 60 grand? 50, or? yeah. So, like, this is all kind of new for him. And if he wants to roll it out, and, I mean, I'm sure Hani has the right sense. I mean, listen, he kept Phil Heath out of it for years. So when Phil came in, he got third. And, you know, the next year he almost, like, he, he was questionable. He probably could have won it, but he got sick. And then, of course, you know, he places second to me and then wins the next year. So, so let, let me he add, knows what he's doing. I, I, mean, I, th- I thought about this from another angle, and, and you just give your opinion on it. <clears throat> so, and I'm just, this is just people talk. I didn't mm-hmm. speak to Hani about I didn't speak to Derek. I didn't speak to any of these guys about this. It's just uh, me just asking. If the reason to sit out is because you think you're going to come back and win next year, you're going to improve. The first thing that goes to, through my mind is, you don't think Hadi's going to improve? Do you think, and, and, and the way I look at it is like somebody might look at the guy ahead of them, like a Rami, and say, Rami's got this weakness, this weakness, or whoever else is in front of them. I can beat him in this area. When I look at Hadi, where are you going to beat him? I know, bro, but I, I don't know if he can. I think he can improve on conditioning with that yeah. size, right? It's refinement now because yeah. he can't really go any bigger necessarily. I mean, maybe a little bit, but... Then he falls into what happened to all of us, right? Of we got bigger, too big. Um, so ideally, I think for him, like he just needs to come back, tighten up the backside so he's more competitive with Derek there and Derek doesn't distance himself from the back shots. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that whole uh, Mr. Olympia, you know, it's it's judged from the back. I mean, that we proved this year that that's not, not the case. No. You still but, have but to have let me, the front. Let me ask you this, though, but 
so, and I'm going to use Derek. Nick. Well, Derek's limited too, bro. Like, um, Derek can Derek can only get so big with his height to of you know structure and. So let's 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 talk about the top three. You got Hottie, Derek, and Nick, mm-hmm. and all three of them think that they can win next year, and yes. all three of them can. Yes. Now, what happens? All three of these now. Now Nick's or, or Der, Nick's actually doing the Arnold. What happens if Andrew Jack gets his shit together? I, d- I just was going to say Samson gets his shit together. Then it doesn't matter what you do because if they're on you point, can't, you can't beat structure, bro. Yeah. So if these guys improve, all three of those guys could lose, and then you're going to look back and go, "Shit, I could have got that 300k." And now, and I'm just this is a hypothetical. Now let's say Andrew and Samson fucking nail it next year. And they're one two. Now you could fall out of a decent. No, picture. no, you could but, but dude, there's a lot of variables. Of course, that's why of course. we that's that, why we hold competitions. Yeah. That's why it's exciting. This is just a hypothetical. Yes. Yeah. You know how many times I've heard in my career, oh, if so and so gets in shape. Like yeah. and it just never comes to that realization. Another, yeah. I mean, look at all the greats, the Nossers and the Sean Rays and Wheelers and Leverones and mm-hmm. all these guys that were knocking at the door but couldn't get over the big hump, right? Yeah. So when I won, it was like, here, this is a dedication to all you guys that weren't able to achieve it. I was luckily, you know, one of the ones to be able to come through and, and win it, you know, and a lot of perseverance, obviously, getting, you know, a second uh, to Coleman four times. But I think, you know, there's no guarantees. And if, you know, it's easy for us as uh, people on a of microphone course. to be able to say, Derek crazy, you know, not to collect 300000 yeah. But that's the thing. Is it even guaranteed no. for Derek? Of course. It's not guaranteed for anybody. You know, if we if we had the battle, okay, I'm going to put, put a scenario together. And I'm going to tell you my take on this, okay? And people are going to agree or disagree, and I want people to comment on this. That's why we get on this and we talk. <laughs> if the battle, uh, this is how I see the Olympia. Derek wowed the judges, because it was such a surprise, right, to see him with that fullness from what he's tore himself down. I said this all along. He's, we haven't seen it. Do you remember when Milos was here arguing? And yeah. he said, oh, you know, he's flat and this and that. Well, dude, we haven't seen him, like, full yet, right? Yeah. So we saw him full, and the wow factor put him in the second place. He, he deserved it, okay? Yes. But Walker doesn't think so. Walker thinks he... He had that spot. And there's an argument. And the question is, okay, we're over the wow factor of Derek. So full circle now, Nick and Derek square off at this Arnold Classic. Who's victorious? My personal opinion, Hottie and Derek match up better together. If Hottie's not there, my personal opinion, I think Derek overwhelms. I think Nick overwhelms Derek. That's just I, my... I would I would probably agree because you know you had front to back scenarios between Hottie and yeah. Derek where Nick dude he's pretty all he's around pretty right yep. so if we had the Olympia showdown now after the judges have seen Derek and that's what's going to be the telltale of next year's Olympia is he going to have the wow again is he going like you're expecting. And the problem is, is expectations, you know how it is. They're like, oh, man, he sat out for a year. What improvements is he going to have, right? Mm-hmm. 
So sure as hell, he, he needs to what come if the back improvements, and get to work. What if the improvements aren't, aren't up what to the people's expectations? No, it's uh, people's expectation yes. also, right? Because remember, who's the people's champ? Of course, Nick. Nick. So, and if and if he doesn't make those, does the judge just look at him and go, and this is just a, like, man, he didn't he didn't do his homework, and then they, it's a negative connotation. But you know what I love? Bodybuilding's exciting again. <laughs> this is, yeah, we can is. sit here, you and I, who've kind of sat, yeah. I mean, listen, you've been at my peak and Ronnie Coleman and Phil Heath, and this is exciting, okay? Because there's a, a lot of a scenario. Yes, but tell me, so so we've, Derek didn't join the list. Andrew Jack did. Andrew Jackson. Who also? Patrick, Patrick Moore. Patrick Moore. Those are the two that were added, and Nick, those three, were added to the original okay. list. Okay. And I, look, I, I, I say Nick is the favorite. But we've lost some people too, right? Um, Charles Griffin yes, backed dropped out, out, and um, blessing boogeyman dropped. Yes, out. we saw him in LA this weekend. Yes. So, but there's now so there were six. There's nine guys doing it, and it's and it to me it's going to be. It's going to have a lineup for <laughs> nine guys. You got Clarita, Clarita, Jack. See, Nick. that's someone we're not talking about. Where I have to, someone brought him up today. He's going to do some damage. He's going to upset some people. You know, Milos was talking about this last night, and I didn't think of it like this. And hypothetically, Clarita went into the Reno show and I know, beat I know what you're saying. Regan. Yeah, yeah. Regan is a bigger version of Derek. He beat Sergio. He beat, he beat yeah. Kuklo too, or? No, Kuklo. It was okay, Sergio okay, and Regan. Okay. So, but Regan is Kuklo is, in this show, or? No. Okay. I Regan is a good. taller version of Derek and Nick or uh, Clarita beat him. Well, who's to say that Clarita can't go in there and beat every person in this lineup? Hell yeah. I just think it's going to be crazy. Imagine if they have Clarita with Andrew on one side and uh, Samson on the other. other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's no, like you're saying though, it's, it's, it's one of those, uh, it's one of those shows where you see who's what you think on paper but I have a feeling whatever we think, it might not play out that way. And I know Clarita is super, super consistent. I know Nick has been consistent, but Nick's done, what, four pro shows? Yeah, he came, so, he's so come in like, four, like he's, a four. He's came, in, he's came in shape these times, but Clarita's been consistent for, mm -hmm. what, five years? And he's done a lot of shows. So, And they're both, and they both got the same coach. So... It's it, it'll be a it'll be a fun it'll be kind of cool to see Nick and Clarita next to each other because it's going to happen. Clarita is going to be in the front. Yeah, it's kind of funny though. They made this big announcement. And obviously, Nick's you know a big big name right now, and I think people are just assuming oh Nick's came for his three hundred thousand dollar check. I mean, listen, our confidence. I mean, I would be leaning towards him to win it, but yeah. shit, I I thought Rami was going to win the Mister Olympia too. Like yeah. we who who said he wasn't going to win? Hey, look and. And is he doing the show? No, he's no, not in the. He's no. not in the Arnold. You know, I, I've always said this: when when you look at a show, you can you can have on paper what you think, mm -hmm. but you know this: there's a million variables, variables that can yeah. happen. Lots. You could be in a hotel room where the the neighbors loud, and it keeps you up. And you don't sleep. You could eat something wrong. You could mm -hmm. get catch a flu. You could like Phil Heath when he got sick and he got fifth and he was throwing up the night. But people didn't know that. There's so many variables that can happen, and you could get. You could get stuck at an airport for 12 hours because of, of travel problems, and that could fuck you up. Like, there's a lot of variables 
But on paper, we kind of have an idea of where we think guys will place. But will they place there? We're going to find out in March. Well, they're having a pay-per-view. Make sure you guys go on and yeah. sign up early for the pay-per-view. And, uh, you know, Arnold Sports, uh, it's going to be a crazy, crazy weekend. We'll be in the house. You know what's which... funny? Sometimes I, like, prefer watching stuff on pay-per-view, like, no, like UFC fights. I know, but their stream is absolutely incredible. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah they yeah, they spent a they fortune. Spent, yeah, it's a yes. big money. It's just thing. sometimes it's kind of like watching UFC. Like we we get offered tickets all the yeah. time, and you don't see it that good in person. But sometimes you're at home, you can see the instant replay and the slow motion, and you hear Joe Rogan talking. And so the the I don't know who I think doing this the is the year though. I think this is the year they bring in the former champs back up. I think so too. Yeah. So I think uh, I'll get some. Is stage this time. the how many? It's years something is this? anniversary, but I'm not sure. Is which. it approaching forty years? When was Maybe. his first one? You might have to look it up. Early eighties. I don't remember. Thought yeah. It early. yeah, I think I think it was ninety or something or eighty nine. So, eighty nine was the first one. Okay. So. Yeah. So. Um, yes. Fit Expo. Yeah, we just got back. So, you know, I was kind of like I always go to these expos and like this is a kickoff. We were talking about that. It was my twentieth. Twentieth. Does it make you feel old? No, but it makes me feel part of history because yeah. it was kind of funny when people said oh, do you come to this? And I said, yeah, I was actually the first athlete here was in Pasadena. And we were talking, John, John Balick came to see me. John okay. Balick used to head up the Ironman and, you know, he kind of was the Could vision, he give us light, lighting uh, help? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> People start to, see, they're starting to talk about the, the black curtains again. Of course. And yeah, listen, well, I'm, all, I'm all for that. Talk about that. Okay. Does it make a difference? It does make a difference. And I don't care. And I, you know, so I, I, you know, the judging, I think they can pretty much see a physique no matter what. But I know for the pitchers and the fans that aren't there present, definitely viewing from a from uh, an audience that's not in the house, even people that are in the house, I'm not going to lie, that don't have this specific eye that the judges have, that black background makes a huge difference. It helps with the lighting. Think about it. If that lighting's coming off bright, it doesn't give the same contrast on the physique, right? And... I think it's super important. Like, I would love to see more of that prejudging type. I mean, I, I we talked about the Olympia and all the light shows and everything yeah. else, but we have to come back to bodybuilding somewhat. I mean, I know we, we want it to be at least for prejudging. Yeah, where it counts, I mean, where the where the the first. They I would I would like to see it. You know, I would like to see. You know, a lot of shows. I mean, Iron Man was the best lighting ever. It definitely made my my physique come alive and. You know, we can talk about. You know what greatest. I thought about in, in this, and, and I don't know the answer to this. Somebody else could could tell me. You know, I've noticed that there's a line, and is the lighting set up to where when you're on that line, it's yeah, perfect. It's, it's a perfect. Yeah. Because then what happens is I you know. notice guys are two, three feet in front they of it. They think they need to go forward. And, you know, and, and for whatever reason, the lighting isn't exactly there, and it's making the guys maybe you get different shades or different this that because they're. Well, that's in why front Steve, Steve's a great judge. He pulls them yeah. back to the line constantly. But you know, everyone wants to get that edge. You know what I mean? You always want to get that a little one closer, step forward. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we were at the expo this weekend and. You know, it just brings back a lot of memories, and the fans are just, you know, absolutely awesome to come out and, and support. And, um, you know, L.A., you know, it's all, we always talk about, you know, the weather was kind of terrible this time yeah. and the traffic and everything else. And, you know, we got to spend some good time, caught up with Phil again and, you know, a lot, a lot of everyone, Yurishna, obviously. And, um, you know, we, were, we had a great, you know, experience with the fans and walking the show. You thought it was pretty busy, though. It was, it was definitely... Um it was busy. Up was and this down the, the busiest aisles. one since 
the the shutdown. Yeah, yeah. This was the busiest Fit Expo for sure. It was not maybe not as busy as it was right before the shutdown, but it's it's getting close. Like where your booth is, it's towards the back where the bodybuilding show is and everything. So there's a lot more space. But as you get closer and the aisles are normal, the the aisles where you know you had to zigzag through people like any other. Yeah, I just looked a couple of times. My line was just absolutely crazy. And the, the, the stories that I hear, like that's the one thing. Well, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to get away from the expos because I can't believe how many people come to me with weight challenges now rather than, oh, I'm heading into a fit, to a show. And and everyone's classic now. No one's going by. I don't think I've spoke to one person getting ready for a bodybuilding competition at this point. Everyone wants to do classic. And I think that, you know, the inspiration they get, maybe looking at people like myself and some, you know, Maureen and Regan and all these people that were out there, you know, Brandon Hendrickson and Ebanks and everybody. Like, we all have our place in fitness, but, you know, the people line up for hours on end. And I, I tell people all the time, like, I wouldn't wait in a long line like that. People wait two, three hours to come up. And, and sometimes it's brief. And I try to create conversation and ask them, hey, what, why do you come here? And you don't know how many people told me, like, I saw something or I, you know, I, I overcame, I lost, I mean, so many people, I 100 pounds, 50 pounds, this. I'm getting started again on a program. I had children and now I, I've fallen off. And yeah. that makes me feel so good because remember, all these titles and awards and everything, you know, you can only look at those so much and say, okay, well, what, what, what do I do today? And that's why the content, like they talked about the podcast, the podcast, you know, JTV, the J Mail, you know, Cutler Club, and, you know, all the, the product lines, everything like that. It's just, it's just amazing. You don't realize you touch that many people's lives. And, you know, that's what I love about these expos and the fans coming out from all over. They came from all over. There was people, Australia, yeah. in, you know, Canada, everywhere. I think, I think a lot of today's pros miss out on this because years ago when you were coming up, the expos was, was kind of like where you made your place. money. Yeah, well, this is where you sold autographs in person. Everything was done in person. And a lot of the, the athletes now were not around when that was mm-hmm. a mandatory thing. So they turned these expos down because they don't see that long-term return. But they don't understand that that interaction with somebody, yeah. if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I follow you on TikTok, I follow you on Instagram, I follow your videos, blah, 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 and you spend a little time with them, and next thing you know, they're buying an autograph from you, and they get this, this connection in person. It's real. It's not just a fake seeing them on your phone. And now that person becomes a fan for life, and now they're on their social media telling people about how amazing you are and who knows where it can go from there? You might get, you know, they'd start buying your your supplements. They start telling no, their but neighbor you, you about You know it. what like, it is? It's more the engagement, bro. Like, I, I, I know people go flip through media, right? Yeah. And I do it myself. <clears throat> I follow a lot of people, right? Over 2,000 people I think I follow on Instagram. I'll, I'll give that for example. That's way too that's, many. But, <laughs> I know. So I watch a lot of, and I try to go through every night, and I, I try to go through at least 10 people, and I comment. You know, and sometimes it's short comments. Sometimes it's like I, I, I just look at what they post, and that means a lot to people. Of course. You know, and, and that's what we talk about. Like, we finish our, our videos and stuff like that. Hey, man, like, subscribe, follow, you know, in YouTube and whatever else. I mean, 
we've grown now. We've we've uh, over the weekend crossed over forty thousand on this channel, and we kind of like we said we started this thing with kind of a vision, and you know I think we got really excited about this the last few weeks. I mean, it's 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 because we talked about it, and we we had certain milestones, and we haven't really like. And I know people might say this isn't smart of us, but we don't really promote it that hard. We're allowing this to organically grow. You're mm-hmm. not posting it on your social media every day. And to be honest, like we don't have like when we come in, we don't there's no real like topics. Like you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I'm not people, reading from a script or anything like that. So it's you like, don't have a teleprompter? No. <laughs> no, you could be on Fox News. Yeah. But we literally I s we can't if people knew I came in here because I'm working on a podcast we did. And we're doing the thumbnail. And I was shipping orders. You were and shipping orders. And you're like, well, when do we want to do a, a, a podcast? And you're like, well, what about tomorrow? And you're like, well, when are you going to go train? I'm like, I just got to go train. So I went to the gym and trained. Yeah. We went and got food. We came here, turned everything on. It's, uh, what time is it right now? It's like 9, 8, 8. 8.20. 8.20 at night. And I'm going to so, launch it in the morning. Yeah. So, so <laughs> you know, it's just it kind of a visionary thing. And, and we've listened to the feedback. But it's really, you know, for you to walk around these expos and – you know, people to recognize, like, hey, we appreciate what you do. And you don't realize, like, people do listen. That's why they do their cardio or whatever else. And they want to, like, get inside our head a little bit. But, um, you know, we all have our, like, normalcy to what we do, too. I stayed, a, I stayed a little bit after the expo. And, you know, even though the weather was crappy. And you know me. I'm usually, like, I'm just going to get back to Vegas yeah. and get back to work. And you always tell me, like, hey, you should take. So Angie and I, took, we stayed at this place called uh, Pelican Hill in Orange County. And, it was beautiful, man. We had like a little bungalow and everything, and we just chilled with the dogs and ordered food. And it was kind of nice because we were like out of clothes from the weekend. Like we we needed to lo- do our laundry and everything, and we just were like, "Man, let's just order food. Let's not go out to eat." And because we had been eating all weekend, right? Yeah. And uh, we sat in in the in the bungalow yesterday, and I Angie started texting you because we were watching. Somehow we were <laughs> watching a clip on Instagram and I said, Oh man, I'm going to pull this up. And I was watched my J to Z video. And if you want to laugh, I've never watched the video. Really? I've never watched it. So we we're watching this and I was watching, you know, me push this crazy weight and I was bragging to Angie. And of course she films me while we were watching. I didn't know. And look at, look at the weight. Cause I was doing like the one seventies. Cause yeah. no, you were watching Ronnie Coleman press the two hundreds and he did it six times. And I'm like, fuck, I was pretty strong too. And, so I put on me doing the, the 170s for 12, uh-huh. okay? And she's like, man, I, I can't believe how big you were. She's like, you can't put your arms down because the lats were, like, hanging. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, there was an episode where we went to Muscle Beach. Remember Dave Borlay set this thing up yeah. for Jay-Z? So a lot of you guys out there will listen to, listen to this and, and understand what scene we're talking about. So we went to Muscle Beach, and we had to, like, call ahead and arrange it with Joe Wheatley and yeah and you showed up. I don't know what you were doing out there though. I was in LA, I was doing music industry stuff. Okay. And yeah. I what and how did it just happen I was to out, be I was out there actually with did uh, you text a meeting me with or? Sony and Bunby and Pim C were out there. Okay. And we were doing an event with one of the guys that I managed. And then somehow, I don't know if I texted you or like. I think you saw it advertised or something. or Because it wasn't, we didn't have social media, right? No, I don't know how, but you're like, I'm going to be over here, meet me here. So I drove over to the, the uh, I drove over to the Max Muscle and I parked and yeah. I sat there and then we bullshitted and we're like, we're going to go film. And I'm like, all right, fuck it, let's go. So I <laughs> went over there with you. 
Yeah, so we were at Muscle Beach, and there you are in the background. I'm going to have you put this clip up of you standing there with, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I remember training, and, like, you know, I was looking. You know, it's so You know funny. what I remember about that day? You were doing back. Yeah. And you were afraid the shit was rusty and it was going to break. Yeah, yeah, because I was like, pulling the, it was the cable the stack. Was yeah. yeah. And you're like, if this thing breaks, yeah. my career's yeah, over. Yeah. This thing's going to kill me. And, and you know, I, I kind of reminisce when I watch these things, and I get this this nostalgic feel of like, like, man, like what it was like to win that title and be the fucking man. And like, I, I know what Hottie is feeling like, and I know what Phil felt like and yeah. Rodin and big Rami, because like when you achieve the biggest dude and you walk around and like they were on the microphone, like Jay Cutler's the best bodybuilder in the world. And you know, for was, the people that don't know, right. People started gathering. Yeah, so they're watching the- around the cage and, you know, we talk about high points of our life. And, you know, sometimes it's like people get married or have children or, you know, um, you know, special occasions like jobs or whatever else. But, like, man, like winning the Olympia is just, like, I can't explain the feeling. And I don't really, I forget because that was like a time ago but at the same time, like, it, that's what's nice about watching those videos and having those seven-hour DVDs to, that I actually sold a bunch of today, by the way, which is crazy because I don't have a DVD player in my house. I mean, never really streams either. everything. But, you know, those moments, and to think that was 07, dude. Yeah. That was so long ago. 16 years ago. Can and you it doesn't seem that? like it was 16 years ago. It doesn't at all. And I remember, like, when I watched that, I'm like, damn, like, start things started to come back to me a little yeah. bit, like, the moments. And I was like, God, that was just yesterday. And, you know, I was watching, and I had, you know, the, the old dogs. You know, I had Scrappy, and I had, you know, Trace and Bodie, and moving into the new house, which you came and stayed with me, and it wasn't even finished yet. My pool wasn't even in the backyard yet. So oh, that didn't come for years later, right? Yeah, well, when, the next you, year. I built it in 08. I okay. built the house, and but... You know, I had all the media put in and all that stuff, and I, it's just like I look into my Saru, office. That's Saru filmed you and yeah. you had the porn playing. Yeah, the porn. Yeah, it was actually in that video. <laughs> was, yeah, yeah, it was in that one. We were kind of <laughs> laughing about it because Angie hadn't seen that yet. And um, yeah, man, it's just like to look back now, and and uh, I know what these guys feel like. So when we talk about bodybuilding, and we talk about like we've been harping a little bit on you know prizes money and why people enter but the real reason people enter these things man is for the title they want right? to win yeah yeah because that winning feeling is it's the most euphoric feeling that you could ever have you know what yeah. i mean when you win and know that you worked your out and I, someone like if Derek ever gets to achieve this now and knowing the sacrifice and him passing up opportunity of you know, maybe holding another title and Schwarzenegger holding up your, you do that's something someone wants too, is like how much longer is Arnold going to be attending these or, you know, being able to be on stage, you know, in great shape to be able to award these guys. The day is going to come at some moment in history where people are going to say, and I don't know, it could be 30, 10 years, not 20, where they're going to say at one point this Arnold Classic, Arnold, was the biggest star in the world and he walked and handed you a trophy. Yeah. Like you said, he's 75. You know, when he's 80, is he going to be able to carry that? We don't know. Is he going to be I remember able to when Joe, it? you know, they brought Joe out, you know, on stage and, you know, he was just, he wasn't in the condition that he was the years prior where he would open the show and hold all the guy's arms and, yeah. 
like Arnold's the man, you know. I mean, Arnold's still Arnold. That's just like there's no one. What you know, like I said, you always made it when someone calls you by your first name and you know exactly who they're talking about. Of you know, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Arnold though. So you know, you were out there for. You know, I'm going to talk a little bit about your background and the music stuff, and you know, traveling to these expos. I mean, what's your experience now? I mean, you t- you go to a lot of expos, and obviously you're kind of liaison for some people there, and you work close with the Fit Expo. Like, you know, what's your take on it when you go from one industry? Because I did never experience another industry. And we talk about, like, you know, when we were watching that video earlier, and, like, we talk about name people in, in an industry, and, you know, you know the, the top. I mean, you talk about Little John, and, you know, you toured around with him, and, you know, we talked about Rick Ross before, and like you had relationship like with a lot of those bigger Most of names, the guys, right? Yeah. At one point, yeah. What is it like compared to like fitness events? Like, do the fans react different, or what are the fan like? Yeah. What would you say is different? <clears throat> um, if I were to say, well, the first thing, the vast majority of the um, interaction you're having with fans in the music industry is at some type of venue. And a lot of times it's a nightclub or it's somewhere else where there's alcohol involved. So and, and, the, and it's a lot harder to access the af, the the talent, you know, to where. But they have security. Yes. Like that's the one thing. Yes. Like I don't roll with security. And and yes. do they fly on private planes? Some do. Some a do. Some don't. It just depends. Is it part on, of a contract or it can be. It depends on how big you are, where it is. Um, I would say a lot less fly private than you would think. Because it is, it's extremely expensive to fly mm-hmm. private. Especially I mean, now, yeah. I mean, when I brought, I brought Rick Ross's first appearance ever here in 07 and Flo Rider the same night, 2007, New Year's Eve at Spin Nightclub here in Vegas. And they all flew commercial, you know, just first class. And the big difference is, like, if I take you somewhere, it's just you and I. If I brought a, a large artist somewhere, like, say, I took Ludacris somewhere, he's got 15 people with him. So it's not the same. Why it's so many people though? Because of, because of the production. Like for example, let's let's uh, I'll use him for example. He's going to have him. He's going to have one or two hype men. A lot of times these guys will perform with live bands at times, and if they do, because it's more of a spectacle, mm-hmm. you got a bass guitarist, guitarist, two keyboardists, then you got a sound engineer, you got someone doing the lighting, you got an assistant, you got someone. You could have one, two, sometimes three security, a tour manager. You could easily have ten to twelve people on the road, and depending on how big the production is, you might have an ass, a production assistant that does all this as well. So you got to take care of all of these people. So you're going to have a presidential suite for the huge star, and then you might have you're going to have to book one or two rooms next to that suite because the security needs to be close to them. And then the rest of the people are usually try to get them on the same floor or one floor below them. So that's a whole thing you have to work And what's on. a budget? Like, what's a budget look like? I know it's all over the place, but, like, what's, what would it cost a lot of times to like, bring people? It depends on where. Like, if, if you were – and, look, and I haven't done numbers like this. And my last tour was with Neo in 2014. And if you're going overseas, whatever you're getting here, it's usually 3X, depending on where you're going overseas. Okay, but, like, what would be a, a – fee to go perform like a real big what do you do perform three songs or four songs probably i don't know what these guys numbers are back when i was doing it 40 to fifty thousand, depending on how big the name was 
Plus expenses. Plus expenses. It, but if you're going overseas, that same 40 or 50 could be a quarter So million. that's why the ticket sales are a big thing for them. And yes. It could be, and, and a lot of times the casinos offset this because they want the foot traffic yeah, true. and they want people to drink and then get drunk. And so go they gamble. give the comp rooms and they take care of it. You know, food like and I did probably 50 major shows in, in Macau and it was at a casino. So we got the rooms covered there and it was easier to get stuff done because the owner of the venue owned the casino as well. So it was easier to maneuver, but now you're having to fly people around the world and people don't look at travel time as part of the equation. If you go to do an appearance and you're going to, let's say, Denver, we can fly in, do it, and fly home. Yeah. You and I go. If I'm doing a show in if we go to FIBO. Dubai, yeah. now, now everyone that's traveling with an, with an artist, they don't always live in the same city. You might have your sound engineer might be in L.A. You might have... Your main security here, but you might have two really good security people that live in New York that meet in that city. Mm -hmm. So you might have to book 10 different Who routes. Who books all that? Depending on the, sometimes the tour man, sometimes the, the artist management would do it. Where they would say, this is what the budget is. Wire us the money. We'll take care of it. Sometimes they'll just send you over. These are the airports people are. Here's their passport. Work it out. And then you have to figure it out. And then it can be a pain in the ass. I would rather just have the management do it. Just like if you and I go somewhere, I'm not letting anyone book us. I'm doing it myself because I yeah, know what we want. I, I think landed fees are the kind of the best thing. Yes. So yes. when we say landed fees, like we give one fee that takes care of it, like the flights. Hotels, everything. Yeah, transportation. You're, when you do a landed fee, that means you have to get to the place where you're going to be is airport, and you have to get home from there. Once you land at the airport, they take over. So... Now, if somebody's going to go do a show in Dubai, we know Dubai has money. So you're going to 5X it because of where it's at. Mm -hmm. Same with Macau. Same with, But if you're going to a poorer country, you're not going to get that same number. So the, the prices can fluctuate. But the other thing you have to take into account is if you're an artist and you live in L.A. and you want them to do a show in Dubai, they're 16 hours in the air, mm -hmm. 16 hours back. That's two days gone. Yeah. And when you get there, it fucks you up for one day. And mm -hmm. when you come home, you can be messed up for two or three days. So when someone says, hey, I'm going to pay you, I'm going to make up a number. I'm going to pay you 100 grand, but you're only going to be on stage for an hour. You're making 100 grand for an hour. They don't realize there's four days there. They don't look at that yeah. travel where you could have been home with your family. You could have been working on something else. You could have been, that's your time. Time's our most valuable asset. And you're asking for their time to fly around the world. So sometimes these, these gigs, when someone will go, you turn this down, yeah, because... I got to pay all my staff for four days. Well, it's, I mean, you can look at it the same with these guys prepping for these contests, right? You I can. Mean, you can. It's, it's a journey, and it, it, is. it takes time. It takes effort. It takes, you know, sometimes it's, like I said, it's not a one-man show. Just because yeah. we go to the gym and wear the ones under the weights doesn't necessarily mean that there's not others involved with that. And yeah. everything's kind of a process, right? I that's, mean, that's why, like, we have this conversation here, but whatever anyone does, I never... I don't care. Yeah. Like whatever they choose to do is what they choose to do. It might not be what I want. Everyone but, but has their I? reasons, man. I skipped 2002 Olympia. People thought it was the biggest mistake ever. As I get deeper into my life now, I think, damn, you know, but at the time I, I knew what was on my plate and I yeah. couldn't have focused and done it properly. And I probably wouldn't have been my best. 
So I knew to hold back. But, but here's the thing. And again, it's all, it's a hypothetical. You might, let's say you went in there and won. Yeah. What would have happened if Ronnie said, came back the next said year? It, for this. it could have, but, but, but here, think of it like this way. What would have happened if you would have came in there and won that one and Ronnie came back pissed off the next year and looked yeah. as crazy as ever and then you lose? Now you just lost. Now you go in the next year. What happens if Kevin Lavrone would have moved ahead mm -hmm. of you or someone else? You built a legend because you were battling the legend. Yeah. So the way it happened was the way it was meant to be. And that's, you know, I yeah. take that and I'm, I'm blessed. I mean, but I always wonder if you missed it at all with that. You know, with the travel, because you like to travel. That's one yeah. thing I can say about you is like, you don't mind these. Like, you always like, hey, we're gonna go here. Maybe we go here for a couple of days and pick yeah. up this appearance or do this military or charity event. And I'm always like, mm, bro, like, yeah. Sometimes I'm like, okay, makes sense. And a lot of times I'm like, I just want to go home. <laughs> and you're like, man, we're already gonna be over here. Why don't we just skip over the so and so has been asking and. You know, some you know, you know how I am. If I have a yeah. week back to back weekends, I'm always like, man, I, or a weekend in between, like a a gig, like a month. Like our yeah. April's crazy, right? With I think um, I love anyone who really knows me. I don't give a shit about material stuff. I you don't. like the experience? Yes, I do. And I want to go to a hundred countries before I'm done. And I'm in the how many you been? low sixties. You want to go see the wolves? Yeah, I just I want to go to Northern Canada to go see. What wolves. is it? There's a resort in Northern Canada where <clears throat> they have a ton of wolves that are around, and they come right up to your. You have like your bedroom, glass, and there's windows, yeah. and they come right up to the glass. But no, I just I love I love different cultures. I, I've never, and I know people might take this the wrong way. I just have always looked at myself as a world citizen. I want to see you're not, everywhere. You're not tied to the United States, like you're not. I could. I've lived overseas. Yeah, I lived in yeah. Hong Kong for two years. Some people don't like the states. You know? I don't I mean, look. America has great things. It has things I don't like. But yeah. I don't. I like seeing the world. There is no country on the planet I wouldn't go see. Like I want to go down to Patagonia in southern Argentina, and I want to fly to Antarctica because I've only known one person that's ever done it. That's why when I had the opportunity to go Who's to that? Mongolia, what's that? Who? Um, it's just it's random you know, people. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I had the opportunity to go to Mongolia. Which I never knew anybody who had been to Mongolia. This is yeah, you know, never Mongolia been, yeah. has the crazy history with Genghis Khan. Yeah. And I knew the whole story of him. He's one of the greatest warriors and he had the largest empire in world history. So he had the most kids ever. Over three thousand. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Yeah. He had over three thousand kids. I learned this when I went there. So what I learned I'm I'm a history nerd. I love geography and history. And when I got there, I started learning about his history. So he grew up in, in Mongolians were not treated yeah, yeah. properly and he wanted to make Mongolians respected. So as he moved up to the ranks, he took over and he started traveling from village to village. I mean, we're talking all the way across Russia, down through Europe, all the way through the Middle East and back over through China. But what they would do is he taught all the soldiers how to ride a horse and control it with their legs and they had bow and arrows. So when they would go into a city, yeah, they, they had could, swords, yeah. they could run by and yeah. shoot, and they couldn't defend it. So what he would do is he would go kill all the soldiers, and then he would round up all the women, and this is where the catwalk started, like the models that we yeah, see. Yeah. He would have them walk all the women out, and he would pick which the ones, most yeah. gorgeous women, and then the next couple days he would do his thing with them, and they'd go on to the next city and do this for 30 years. So every place for 30 years... He had kids, 
to this day. Can I you imagine? Can you imagine that in today's society, you, bro? You <laughs> could. You could. And, and I remember watching this this study where I forgot the number. It's like thirty million people alive today have Genghis Khan's DNA because he did this yeah. all the way across Europe. So you got to think this is in the this was in the this is a thousand years ago. Yeah. So imagine how many people. Not a thousand years. I forgot twelve hundreds or something like that, or fifteen hundreds. But imagine how many times all those people that were kids—they had kids and they had kids. They mm -hmm. might have been in Poland. They might have been in Saudi Arabia. They might have been in China. So throughout the years, you or I could have Genghis Khan's DNA without us knowing because mm -hmm. someone eight generations ago was a descendant of his from England or from wherever. So I like going and seeing different places around the world, and that's my. I don't give a shit about people's cars and all their expensive right. stuff. I could care less. I want to take my money and go experience the world. Pretty cool, you know. Yeah. I mean, you've got to see a lot because of the professions of you're in. I mean, in the, in the music industry, I mean, <sighs> I traveled. I have this app that shows since 2014 how tell, much I've Tell traveled. us what that app is because you It's called about App in the Air. Okay. And it, it can go through, like, your frequent flyer like uh, programs yeah. and your emails and it can register when, when it comes from an airline and it can scan the email with the dates and the flight time and your name in the email. And it can, it can uh, cross reference it with the airline and then it registers and it shows it. And since like 2014, I think it's like I've flown like 1.2 million miles and I've taken like 1200 flights or something like that. But before then is when I really, really traveled a lot from like 20, maybe like 04, 05 to 2014. I probably did one and a half times that. There was a period for two years where I flew from Florida to Vegas every week. Were you gambling or? No, it was, we oh. had a residency at a nightclub here with a, a, an artist that I worked with. Okay. So every week we were out here. So, I mean, I remember one week in spring break, I think it was 05 or 06, I went to Cancun three times in seven days. We had like Akon one night. We had Young Jock because I toured with him a lot. Mm -hmm. um, Akon, Young Jock, and Fat Joe. And it was like, I, I don't remember the exact dates, but we went from like Miami on a Monday to Cancun. Then we flew to a Park City in Utah, back to Cancun. Then we went to Panama City, then back to Cancun, and then to Miami. And this was day in and day out. I remember like two of the nights, we landed at like 8.30 at night. Went to the venue, did the show at midnight, and at 6, 4.30 in the morning, we're on our way back to the airport. We never even saw the sun. Did you lift weights at this point, or were you kind of In the beginning, off? yes. But you, it just impossible, It was right? too hard. The diet it, sucked. Yes. And did that you was, drink? No, no. I was always the responsible one. Yeah. In the beginning, yes, because I was still, I was traveling two or three days a week, and I still trained because I did security stuff, too, at the same time. But as I got busier and busier... It affected my health, and that was part of the reason I left because I would be awake for sometimes days, two or three right, days yeah. straight, and you have to be the responsible one where the only sleep I was getting, and you know I have sleep apnea, was when I would sit on a plane. As soon as mm -hmm. I would sit in the seat, I'd fall asleep. And you'd wake up the next city, and boom, you have to go. But even though you're setting all these things up, you have to be the responsible one to be, be there early. So even if we flew into a city... Everyone would get to the hotel. I'd have to go to the venue and check everything and make sure make sure they have everything correct that they're supposed to. And a lot of times they wouldn't. And now I have to help fix mm -hmm. whatever issue we had. And then when the show's over, 
everyone's partying drunk and you're like, yo, we got a 6 a.m. flight. It's 3.30 in the morning and you can't find this person because he's drunk somewhere. This person. And it was just, it was very stressful. It's a lot easier when it's just you and I. (laughs) And the bodybuilders can be pretty. Oh, of course uh, they can too. But you know what though? Sometimes I miss it. Because I got to see some I know, cool but, shit. But as you get older, I mean, you just want more peace, right? We yeah. talk about that a lot. And I got, but I can always remember that. Like when we went to Boston and Akon was there, yeah. I hadn't seen him in like seven years. It's pretty awesome years. show, actually. Yes. I hadn't seen How him. How many like, people did he carry with him? I forget. Um, That show, not a lot. Because it that was, was a, a track show. Yeah. That was a track show. When I went on the road with him a lot, it was a full band show. Mm-hmm which is 15 plus um, a track show him to maybe five people, but it was just seeing him rem- like when I walked up to him and he kind of, his eyes got big and I was like, Holy shit. Like I haven't seen him in like yeah, super years. nice guy, dude. He yeah. came to like the athlete check in yeah. and all that. Yeah. Like, he came there cool. and then I sat and he's like, man, what happened to you? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I just disappeared. But it was funny though. The next day I got emails from him. Like, hey, here's my new song. And yeah, I'm thinking, yeah. what are you trying to <laughs> roll <laughs> like, me back in? Me back in. But no, it was it was, uh, it was an experience, and I can but always do. You look back. get like that, like man, you know, those memories come back yeah. when you run into There's certain times. people, and like like, and, and I yesterday was Little John's birthday, okay. and I thought I'm like, fuck, I gotta text him, and I'll see. I'm assuming he's gonna be in Vegas, so I'm like, fuck, I haven't seen him in years. So I, I might message and say, where are you going to be at? Yeah. All right, I'll stay up late because I haven't seen you in, I don't know. I actually, you know, it's kind of funny. We talked about this with Phil. I had little John do Phil's intro yeah, for the 2014 awesome. yeah, Olympia. Yeah. Pretty cool. And, but, yeah, every once in a while when I get around it, I'm like, I could still do this. Yeah, so. so It's a lot more money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but that was the first time, dude, that I took a, a day and a half and I just relaxed and. Yeah. It was well worth it. I drove back late last night, which was the plan anyway, by the way. We were going to drive back, like, super early on Wednesday morning. Um, but played catch-up today, and, you know, we just wanted to come on and do this and uh, kind of cover this. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll be covering, like we said, a lot of these these contests, and we still have some people that we have coming in. So, um, you know, we appreciate all the comments. And you guys that came out to LA Fit Expo and gave your feedback, like, it's just great to hear that. and. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people realize like where where you kind of came from a little bit in our kind of history that deep. I know we talked about it a few times, but you know we're already sixty episodes in, dude, which is crazy. And you know, one other thing I want to say too, like people will listen to this, and we have our opinions. And no matter what anyone does or doesn't do, neither one. I don't look at anyone in a negative way. I don't like this. Is just my opinion, and and I, I hope nobody listens to it. Like I hope nobody. I hope they make their decision on the way mm-hmm. that's best for them. So I don't want anyone to think like, oh, Jay thinks that was a bad idea that he didn't do it. That's their life. If they don't want to do it, don't do it. That's okay. Or if they want to do it, do it. But I don't want anyone to ever think like we're ragging on somebody. I was getting excited because I said, man, like that's just like the money's exciting. I love to see that increase. Of course. I mean, I love seeing the trucks, right? I mean, I get excited when they st- – I mean, I still would be super excited even if it was 200 and they gave away some sort of vehicle like yeah. an electric or something like that or – you know, F the Ford Raptor. Or- and, I, and I know, like, money isn't the reason, but sometimes sometimes it is. You know, yeah. like, even back when you were Well, competing, nothing's guaranteed. That's the thing. Nothing. Man. And, and, I've, and I'm going to say this again. Bodybuilding's not a career. It's a moment in time. It's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. One torn muscle, and it can be over. 
but I mean, I mean, I suppose you could be a doctor and you could get in a car accident and your career is over too, but it's a, it's a, it's a moment in time where you are running the red line. Mm-hmm. You are pushing your body yeah, I mean, farther than it over should. The top, yeah. Yes. And it's not, and, and I know I've asked you this before where some of the guys will say, you know, I need a break and this, and, and I'm not healthy. And I said this before, like, if you're that unhealthy from doing one bodybuilding show, your genetics might not be made. I know, for but you also need to take care of yourself and of get course. your checkups and everything like that yeah. and pay attention to your blood pressure. And, but like, you know, did you, did on. you ever, did you ever have any serious health? I never scares? did. And, you know, and, and I was huge. I mean, and I did everything that everyone thinks that we do, you know what I mean? So, of course. you know, for me, it was, uh, you know, obviously I had someone in my corner, you know, Mac's wife was a nurse, nurse practitioner. And, you know, I was a little more health conscious, I feel in that sense. But listen, man, I genetically, I just, I, I had an easier time, like putting on weight, getting leaner. Um, I didn't have to like kill myself because I stayed on a good diet all year round. So it really wasn't much transition. I mean, you kind of laugh and joke to everyone about my, my still basic diets, you know, you routine. damn near eat the same. It's just smaller yeah, quantities. Just, yeah, but it's just like, you know, I try to eat like cleaner. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll splurge and have some French fries and stuff like that. But remember, I mean, it's just like it's a lifestyle. We talk about it all the time. And yep. I knew when I wanted to quit, I wanted to retire healthy. And like I said, we talk about my position today and how I can still do all the things that I did 20 years ago. And I'm yep. not in any pain and, you know, I'm appreciative, but. You know, I appreciate the fans so much, and I, you yeah. know, it's, I'm glad we got to touch on that a little bit. And uh, you know, we'll be back next week for episode 61. We want, we appreciate you guys. So make sure you guys uh, comment below, um, and uh, you know, enjoy uh, episode uh, 60, 60 of the uh, Cutler Cast. We're out. See you next time.